You're listening to The A-Game, an adcom podcast chronicling the week in media, technology, and agency life, featuring Joel Hammond, Jim Ganser, and Jeff Culleton. Welcome to The A-Game. We're back. It is Friday. It's a frosty day in Cleveland. It's a damp. It is a damp, damp, damp chilly, day. damp day. Damp. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, cold. It's cold. cold. Baby, it's cold outside. And we've got a great show today. Oh, by the way, this is Jim Ganser. How you doing? Uh, I'm back with you again. Guess who's with me? Oh, as I've got Mr. Jeff Culleton. Hey. Senior Director, Digital Strategy. I've got uh, straight back from uh, his trip to Atlanta. Home of the Pimps and the Money Makers. The Dirty. Pimps and Money. The Dirty. (laughs) Rolling Dirty is uh, Joel Hammond. Hey, guys. Fearless leader in social influence. So... Guys, it's it's been a week, literally, because it's Friday. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting stuff going on out there. Uh, we've got a show this week that's a little bit near and dear to our hearts because it's very um, hyper-relevant. You know, us in advertising, we're always striving to be as contextually relevant as possible to be impactful. Therefore... We're going to talk about podcasts today, John. A podcast about podcasts. This is amazing. It's a podcast about podcasts. Podception. Yeah, uh, but we're going to inception, but with podcasts, right? Exactly. We're going to talk about the, you know, the the pros, the cons, the strengths, the limitations, and the opportunities. More importantly than anything, because we're always trying to close the loop and make this as as beneficial as possible to the listeners. Uh, Speaking of listeners. we really appreciate the growth that we've seen with the channel. But speaking of channels, uh, Joel, you want to talk a little bit about how how else these people can in, interact with us? Dear sweet listeners. I would sweet, love sweet to. Listeners. Mike, Mike Pogstar uh, shows uh, executive producer EP. slash president. Um, <laughs> does a great job with our Instagram account. Congratulations the on the election, by the way. And then we're also president. on uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us on all those channels. Different content. We try to mix it up to, to, to make sure that you're, you're following us in, in each spot. So Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram at the Adcom Group. Give us a shout there, and uh, we'll, we'll see you there. And as always, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, which you should do. Yes. You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, mm-hmm. and iTunes mm. because those are places that people look for for podcasts. Yeah, I mean, tons of thoughtfully curated stories on LinkedIn by one Jeff Culleton. Very Jeff, true. what was your favorite story of the week that you, you promoted? So can I tell you, the um, <clears throat> we started, uh, as you can all imagine, as we get prepped for the show every week, we pass around articles. And as Jim hatched the idea of doing a podcast about podcasts, mm. uh, he pulled a bunch of stuff from eMarketer, some of which I shared this morning. Uh, on LinkedIn, uh, some good visual stats around the growth of, of podcasts. That was it's kind of my bellwether for this week. I, the articles that, that we, um, we were circulating really got me thinking. I think they were great source material. Um, and it makes, you know, the growth of podcasts makes perfect sense. It's just great storytelling. You know, it was Serial was the one, Serial got 40 million downloads. Something like that right off the bat because it's great storytelling. That's yeah, the one the, I like this week. The stuff that Jim passed around that, that we'll base this show off today is really interesting. If, even if you're just sort of uh, catching us you know, in a, in a random spot or just tuning in for the first time, definitely go to our LinkedIn account and, and check out these reports because they're super fascinating. Even if sort of podcasting isn't right up your alley, it's, it's, uh, it's good stuff. 
Yeah, and, and Jeff brought up Serial, and obviously that's that's the one show that is always thrown out there from the general public mm-hmm. standpoint because it did catch fire. It was the first, um, I guess, the closest thing that uh, podcasts have to going viral. And the context of 40 million uh, listens or downloads, uh, just so you know, this past year, um, about 73 million people are listening to podcasts on a monthly basis. Serial, How many people are there in the United States? This is just North America. 350 million people in the United States. That's a gigantic percentage. Yeah, huge. Huge amount. Huge amount of people. Uh, but 40 million downloads on one program, and that was years ago. Yeah. Uh, it just goes to show that, uh, you know, this is kind of a, it's a slow-moving machine, but, you know, one of the things that we're going to talk about today is podcasts have not necessarily crossed over into mainstream marketing for the most part yet. Uh, and when I say mainstream marketing, I'm, I'm talking about Fortune 500 companies, but are they potentially on the tipping point? Are we at a tipping point with podcasts where we're about to cross over into a new reality with regard to different ways in which um, we can potentially leverage this space to further brands for the most part. And, and it's an interesting story to get into because we're starting to see some of this, uh, uh, some of the limitations with regard to podcasting comes, comes down to uh, reach. So reach is a big issue uh, from an advertising standpoint because it is a niche, narrow audience that you're going after. And then a lot of the ways that podcasts are purchased are one-to-one. Mm-hmm. So it is very old school analog. A lot of, I think it's upwards of 60% of inventory that's purchased to run in podcasts or host red. And that's, that's some of what the benefit is from a brand because you've got this medium that feels like passive listening, but it's actually not. You know, you turn radio on in the background. People that are tuning into podcasts yeah. are actually leaning into podcasts because they are intently listening uh, for their own purposes. So it's a little bit of a different approach than you know spraying it out in terms of broadcast. You've got an audience that is really focused, leaning in, listening, and doing it uh, with frequency. They say the, the average person that is listening to podcasts on a weekly basis listens to six or more episodes per week. Mm-hmm. So it's not just I'm just tuning in for, you know, the New York Times daily once a week. I think it's one of the things that uh, the articles that we were kind of combing through this week, and, and I'll pose this question because I, I don't have an answer other than kind of an obvious one. Um, as they were talking about, as advertising within podcasts has evolved, uh, and it's not like radio advertising where you said it's passive, it's in the background where the commercials, you can't repurpose a radio spot and put it into a podcast. There's a lack of authenticity to it. Uh, It's kind of a lose-lose for the show and the brand because people know it feels out of place. But they said that uh, it's significantly more effective, and forgive me, uh, I I don't know off the top of my head what the metric uh, of performance was for it, but when it is a a host-read uh, in show versus a pre-recorded uh, uh, taped 
commercial in a show. Why is that? Why is it just like a personal? People have a relationship with the host. They feel personal to the host, so they automatically attach more weight to it when they say it versus a pre-recorded. Yeah, I think it feels more natural. Yeah. Number one, it it doesn't necessarily disrupt the flow of the conversation, but people start to develop relationships with these podcast hosts, uh, people that listen with regularity. Um, I know all of us listen to podcasts. You get to a point where the casual nature in which um, information is shared through podcasts, you don't have the the regimented, you know, quick hits that you have with with broadcast radio because you need to fit everything in between specific commercial breaks. Yeah. You know, a good example is um, Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons, on a whim, will just throw together a podcast and push it out there. And he doesn't care if it's 40 minutes or four hours. He's going to do whatever he wants with it. Mm -hmm. But that's, that's how he leverages the medium overall. But you get to a point where... You start to pick up like the character traits and you understand a lot about these people because a lot of the conversations happen to be off the cuff and people let their guard down a little bit. Hence, you know, the raving popularity of a game. Because right. I mean, you can, it's I like walking, walking around in another man's uh, sandals. For the most <laughs> part. Have... That's, what, that's what people stop me on the street and they're like, hey, I feel like I'm wearing your sandals. <laughs> I have stats. <laughs> I have stats about the A game. Oh, you got some stats? You yeah. want to share them out? You want to? I would like to share them out. Brace yourself. Is it too much of a departure? You want to talk about demos? Because we got reach. Well, What's we it? are a podcast, so this is contextually relevant. Yes, I agree. So let's talk about where we sit right now. This is our 15th anniversary. 15th anniversary episode. God, how fast. Happy it anniversary, goes. Joel. <laughs> Same to you guys. Oh, yeah. this is a special Thanks, day. I'm going to get you something nice. They, what's the 15th anniversary podcast? Yeah, is it like paper? Is that or, paper? Or Crystal? Plastic or we'll have to look into that. Diamonds. <laughs> so we have, we're, we're racing towards 2,000 uh, downloads, 2,000 listens, which frankly is shocking to me. Um, what, uh, let's, let's talk about the, the DMAs that we're hitting right now outside of our home base of Cleveland, of course. Uh, presence in Mexico City. Oh. Uh, Viva. <clears throat> Do we need a Spanish language A game? You know I don't the speak Agam. Spanish. <laughs> the Agam. Juego. Hold on a second. Phoenix, Seattle, Miami, New York, Omaha. Great city. Omaha. Great beef. Yeah, I spent a week uh, there one night. Big presence in Chicago. <laughs> big presence in Chicago. It's a big city. Shy city. Yeah, it's where it's Jim's uh, Tommy Grounds. Jim's Jim's hometown. Uh, we actually have quite a bit, quite a bit going on in Amsterdam, Atlanta, San Jose, Miami, Denver, Des Moines, Seattle, and the only reason I bring these up is because they're not they're not small amounts. They're you know double digit downloads. People are you know these are these are not bots. Anchorage, uh, Joel's uh, University stomping grounds of Bowling Green, Ohio. Yeah, the Harvard Phil- of the Midwest. Sure, right. uh, Philadelphia, Stanford. Hello, Buffalo, I Bowling Green as well. Oh. <laughs> And Jim. Jeez. Phoenix, I already said. Branford, Ontario. The second son of I mean, Bowling Green. It's, the, the neat thing about it is the, the cost of doing this has gotten to a point. The cost of being a media company for three people or anybody out there has gotten to the point where you can push. You, if your content is good enough, it wins. You can push content out there at such a low price, but you have to be speaking relative to, I, you know, I think topically, timely, uh, and and with a point of view makes all the difference in the world. 
And that's why the advertising ends up fitting into it because, yes, you have to be more discerning in you're either doing one or two things. You're going for a very niche topic and trying to advertise within those people that do a very niche topic or you're going for reach. I think the, the Joe Rogan uh, example is, you know, we, we get enough downloads that, you know, we know uh, LegalZoom, I believe, said we know that if we advertise on there, the mix is going to be good enough that, that we're going to catch some people that we want to catch just because of the sheer numbers. Yep. Joel, what do we know about the people that are actually listening to podcasts? Well, and that's a, when, when Jim originally brought this topic up, my, my, one of my first questions was, all right, so these are popular, but how do you measure it? What are, you, what, are the, what are some of the analytics that you're getting from these, you know, for your, what's your ROI, right? And uh, that, that case study Jim sent along with LegalZoom, Jeff, you just referenced it, where, you know, they've increased their podcast spend, uh, you know, from 5% of their budget to 25% of their budget. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of, I think, one takeaway we found was right now um, there aren't a lot of like Fortune 500 companies that are just doing some branding advertising, right? It's it's more of um, direct response. So you listen to Bill Simmons' podcast. You, really, these days you listen to any podcast and it's ZipRecruiter, right? So yeah. Well, how do you track that? How am I tracking my my ROI if I'm the CMO at ZipRecruiter? Well, you're a direct you're you're setting up a direct response. You go to ZipRecruiter.com/bs. That's how you know mm -hmm. what it's driving to you and and um, one quote I said, uh, I found in one of these case studies I thought was fascinating was direct response companies, they don't stay, they don't keep advertising places where it doesn't work. That's you know? absolutely true. Because the proof is in the pudding. Like you, you're seeing, um, what, what the results and what the performance of your, of your advertising in. And so, um, it's just an interesting thing. How are you? So, so if more Fortune 500 brands, if brands generally do branding work on these things, not just driving me to a website to sign up for something, then it's probably a little trickier to um, track track measurement, track your ROI. But with the sheer numbers of some of these more popular podcasts, you know the numbers are there. You mentioned it. Like mm -hmm. even if it's a broader audience, you know you're going to hit some some part mm -hmm. of your target. Yeah. Pop quiz. Can I pop quiz you real quick? Let's yeah. Do Who is the biggest? podcast organization in the United States? iHeart. Nope. Yeah, James. I believe it's it's um it's a group that's near and dear to my heart. <sighs> he got it. NPR. Number no. one on the list. Public radio. Oh, and not wow. even close. I mean there's not even No, there's a there's an enormous gap. I mean I think they're they're getting thirteen million uniques on a monthly basis. Yes. But that's also a big piece of that in this I, I don't think you can sell this short is the amount of different uh, topics and content that they continuously, they don't go back to the well very often. They are constant. They've become a content machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and closely behind them, I mean, you're starting to see it branch off from the same tree. Uh, you've got um, WNYC, who also syndicates programs, mm -hmm. broadcast through NPR or public radio uh, affiliate net networks. Those, the number one and number two are disproportionately higher than everybody else. So when you think about WNYC, like Freakonomics Radio, yeah, that comes into play. Uh, uh, the New Yorker uh, Radio Hour comes out of there. Uh, there's a couple other programs as well, um, really popular stuff. But NPR, by far, uh, head and shoulders above everybody else. I want to go back to one quick point that Joel made, and it, it's an important one. And that's around um, the types of advertising that's happening within podcasts. I got some numbers I'll share with you guys. Dig it. 
Uh, he talked about direct response, and he is spot on. About 64% of advertisements running on podcasts right now are direct response. 29% are traditional brand ads. Mm. So that leaves about 7%, and that falls into branded content. So you're starting to see more brands actively get into the space of podcasts as well. Um, but that's, that's pretty interesting. Also, a couple other things. We, we talk about what, what are the types of advertisers that are using the space. Um, you know, first, top two, you know, I think we start with financial institutions, financial groups. Makes a ton of sense. We get into kind of retail, e-commerce, a ton of tech. sense. But number four on the list was really interesting to me. B2B. Hmm. We're starting to see B2B advertisers flock towards podcasts. Why do you think that is, Jeff? So I have the the generation of consumers that are coming up now, and I'll, I'm happy to go into it, but I'll spare you the details, are more socially conscious. And with that comes a level of transparency. There's an expectation now that's growing in the market of not just getting your peanut butter from Smuckers, but having kind of a deeper idea of who I they are. I saw what you did there. Yeah, I like you know, it. I like that. If we can, if we can put peanut butter and Smuckers uh, <laughs> in the podcast every week, I'll be a happy man. Um, so there's a, in all facets of this new this generation of purchasers' lives, there's an expectation of transparency. They want transparency. They feel more deeply about the brands than just this is a transaction, which I think is really neat. Um, podcasts are a window into kind of a deeper view of who a brand is, who you affiliate with, as brands do podcasts themselves. People, you can buy a widget from somebody that you have no relationship with, but a B2B purchase ends up becoming a larger purchase over time traditionally. And I think there is, there's a, there's a, a couple of pieces. There's risk mitigation. I want to know who these people are outside of just the product, just the reviews. Uh, and then there is, you know, I want to have an affinity. If I'm going to buy something from you, if we're going to create this relationship, I want it to be a little bit deeper than just the transactional side of things. Uh, that's a little maybe heavy on the psychology of it. But I, I think so many interactions, as we talk about convenience in maybe some more blocking and tackling purchases, I think we're talking about transparency in bigger purchases. I see that on the the, the, um, the software side all the time. You, you, in in software as a service sales, which typically get into the six and seven figure range for larger brands, there is a mitigation piece of you know if this goes wrong, I could lose my job. I want to do as much due diligence on this as possible, and giving that window, having something like this, having podcasts, having a window into that company more than just you know, because sell sheets and one sheeters and all that kind of stuff, trade shows are all necessary. It's all pretty superficial. It doesn't it doesn't get you down deeper. Mm-hmm. And I think this this offers a bigger window. So if I may, you may one one stat in there was that I, I don't remember what the the time frame was, but like podcast advertising is still like only like one thirtieth the amount that advertisers spend on terrestrial on regular on normal radio. So why is that, and what do you think, like when do you think that catches up? Does it, or, or why do you think that there's been, so we just talked about the effectiveness of this and, and the, the pros of it. Why has there been a relatively slow adoption, do you guys think? Well, 
One thing that I would point out is the way that it's purchased. Um, I, you know, and there's, there's a couple stats, and I'm glad you brought up terrestrial radio. When we look at the difference between ad effectiveness in a podcast versus ad effectiveness in terrestrial radio, it is a stark contrast. When we talk about metrics such as trust and recall, which, you know, dovetailing back into the, the point that Jeff was just going into about B2B marketers, when they put their investment out there from a marketing standpoint, they need a return on that. So when they put their brand out there, they want to hit on trust and recall. We see 75 to 80% lift in trust and recall for podcast advertising versus radio. That's an interesting stat. That's not a, that's not a metric that often gets. No, that's, that's, not, that's not a hot take. And then you also talked a little bit about um, audience and like purchase decisions. You talk about it from the, from the angle of um, business purchases. But when we talk about vehicles, when we talk about travel, when we talk about technology, podcast listeners, um, in terms of expenditures, are 50% higher in expenditures versus radio listeners. So this is a really valuable audience. It's really hard to reach audience. So it's like perfect storm, right? But it goes back to the point that we brought up earlier. Um, it is really an ad hoc you know, program by program for every serial, for every um, Joe Rogan, for every Adam Carolla, mm-hmm. there is an A game out there that has a self-deprecating small like that. but very loyal, extraordinary, intensely loyal. Oh. And and I got to tell you, Pepsi is not going to look at the A game audience. Uh, hashtag uh, Coke Classic, um, <laughs> and and feel like there's opportunity there. So. When you look at who's spending the money, uh, the big brands are spending the money disproportionately high. The the 1% is spending the disproportionate amount of advertising dollars. And we're still talking about uh, a technology that has not opened itself up to reach. Now, we are working towards programmatic solutions for um, actually buying and selling uh, podcast space, but that gets us into... A situation where we're, we're going to get a little bit less of the host read and we're going to get a little bit more of the pre-produced. Yeah. And that takes, that takes away some of the shine, uh, so to speak, of, of what really works about this. Given the fact that this is a personal space, this is, um, you know, there's, there's a certain level of mentorship that comes into play with, with podcasts. Do you know what I think is another big piece of it, Joel, is um, deciding to do a podcast is, is a long-term play and mm-hmm. it's not a short-term splash right yeah so you minimum have to, 15 weeks minimum 15, <laughs> 15 episodes weeks. so you i like anything minimum one year for the a game yeah possibly um you know market changing like this show you look and you go okay you know are we going to do this twice if we're going to do it twice nobody's ever going to hear it it's not going to make any difference you have to look at it and say this is a this is a for the foreseeable future. This is a five year strategy. Yeah. Every week we're going to sit down and we're going to do this show because the only way that you gain that audience base, that listenership, that subscribership is consistency. Consistency, coming with new topics, all that kind of stuff. But in the short term, now granted, as I as I said earlier, we the, the budget for this is almost non-existent. This is things that we've all things that we've uh, owned as an agency in the past. You know, basically your SoundCloud license is, you know, 100 bucks is the things that you need to, to, to get started. ROI does not happen immediately. And ROI is a really tough thing to make your, 
your one of your initial KPIs if you want to get into this. It has to be a little bit more, more altruistic. We want this to be a part of our brand. Um, and then what happens from it, we will handle when that becomes, uh, when that, when that kind of comes at us. But you, you have to, you have to dig in and say, we're doing this because we really like it and we have an opinion to share. Mm-hmm. Well, we are, this is a great conversation. Uh, I, I like to kind of wrap this up with a bow with, with a fun game. I don't know if you guys like games. I love games. I love uh, fun. <laughs> you can't beat fun. You know what they say? People that, that claim that they like fun, they don't really like fun. Mm. I heard that. I heard that today, actually. Huh. But I, I'm calling that into question because I've seen Joel, and boy, does he enjoy fun. Oh. Uh, but given the fact that we know that our listeners are listening on average to six-plus podcasts a week, this is an opportunity for us to each potentially plug a podcast that we're listening to. Really quick, top line, what do you got, Joel? Uh, ESPN Fantasy Focus. Yeah. I'm very, very nerdy, but uh, I, um, I, I really enjoy uh, uh, fantasy football and daily fantasy football. So I, I try to tune into that a few times a week to get the lowdown on what uh, the ESPN Fantasy crew thinks should, uh, should be the plays. I was going to say that, <laughs> and then I was going to say the A game, but that's a kind of odd. Um, have you listened to The City by USA Today? No. It's a cool one. USA Today, The City. Also, um, I, I think it's very interesting, you know, wh- whatever your politics are aside, the way that the New York Times uses pod, and now the Washington Post, how they use uh, their podcast to amplify their message, the speed with which they have to produce it. Um, I just think from a logistics standpoint, I've always been very impressed by that one. And I mean, obviously their quality is fabulous. But Yeah, I'm going to plug 99% Invisible. Um, It's it's a show, um, Radiotopia on the West Coast, on the left coast, y'all, in Oaktown. Uh, Roman Mars hosts the show. The thing that got me into the show initially was the description of the show. which is it's it's a podcast about design and i'm like what does an audio program about design sound Mm, like that's interesting and it's really really interesting i recommend um there was just an episode i listened to earlier today this is kind of self-serving i kind of teed up this game with an idea in my mind but um, it was a a program about album design covers and they got into devo which (laughs) is ohio's own yeah, which Devo actually stands for right? de-evolution. Um, I didn't know that. But our very own Rubber City Boys Devo. Mm-hmm. But it was a really good, good program. I recommend it. They're really quick hits, too. They're not too long like our program, according to Joel, um, <laughs> who would prefer <laughs> we go. this was only 15 minutes. Six yeah. minutes. Here we uh, go. But it's usually about 20-minute program, quick hits, uh, really interesting, in- inspirational stuff. But... Um, we appreciate everybody that tunes in and listens. Uh, I absolutely recommend that if you're not talking to your agencies or your marketing teams about how you could potentially leverage podcasts or launch one of your own, uh, highly recommend that you do so. Um, don't worry about your numbers. You can't. Not everybody can be the A game. <laughs> not everybody. Not everybody is going to see meteoric rises in 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 stature right off the bat. Like, That's right. Yeah, but before we leave, Joel, you want to take them out one more time? How they can engage with us? Yes, at the ad at the Adcom Group on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, Mike Paukst uh, does a really good job with their Instagram account, especially gives you a, a deep dive into what it's like to work at Adcom, which is a, 
uh, a great shop. So uh, follow us on there. Jeff does a good job on LinkedIn with sort of aggregating news and also developing some some original content. And then uh, Twitter and Facebook also give you a slice of uh, ad com links. I just got to note that Mike Pouks has actually been promoted from president to czar. Oh, Ooh, which sounds a little bit more totalitarian, and I like it. Yeah. Uh, is should we use the X word? Is do we have to worry about uh, xenophobia? Ooh, never mind. Okay, back to present. Arachnophobia, perhaps. Although it's not really spider season. But next time, we'll talk a little bit more about spiders. So make sure you tune in. We'll be back next week with more insights and um, fun games to play. Love you, Dad. Love you.